Welcome to Cloud Security Reinvented, a podcast for security leaders with a focus on the cloud. Learn best practices from fellow security professionals and how they've seen security evolve across their career. Cloud Security Reinvented. Good morning, or depending on when you are in the world, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Welcome to Cloud Security Reinvented. I'm your host, Andy Ellis. Today, I'm joined by JD Hansen, CIO and CISO at Code42. Glad to have you here, JD. Thanks for having me. Your company, Code42, is all about insider risk management, and you're on a mission to secure the collaboration culture. That's a really powerful statement. How does your role as both CIO and CISO help to meet that? Yeah, so obviously my role as CIO and CISO, I'm internal to the organization and have responsibility over IT and security. That said, I use the product that we sell to many of our customers who also are part of security teams. And so one of my roles as part of the organization is to leverage our product internally. And that helps a ton in kind of identifying where I think security teams want features and functionality. And so every day on top of kind of my internal roles, I also get to work very closely with product management and identify areas that we can improve our product, which is just a ton of fun. Something I, you know, you don't usually get out of a CIO and a CISO role, but kind of unique to the organization that I'm in right now. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of always love that role when I've had that. And I would often say to the customer success team, I said, look, I am the tier A plus plus customer because I'm the only customer that if I go out of business, so do you. Absolutely. Yeah. We like to say we're customer zero. So test things on us and yep. we'll give you feedback. So let's look at your industry a little bit, you know, in the, the software and security software industry. How is cloud security you know, different than what others might expect looking at it from the outside? Yeah. So for us, I mean, we sell a very cloud native security product. Our product runs really solely in AWS and Azure, and we sell this security product to our customers. And so we are very early to adopt cloud to understand the benefits of using a SaaS technology. And so when mm -hmm. I think about just the, the software that I've chosen with my executive team for the organization, we've really chose most of the leading SaaS solutions out there to run our business. So whether that's, you know, a solution within finance or a solution within marketing, we very much choose cloud first to mm -hmm. run our organization, which keeps things very simple from a technology support perspective. You know, that's fascinating. I recall, you know, in the early days, it was hard if you were a cloud provider to convince businesses to use you if they weren't used to cloud at all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think the concept is scary for people who don't truly understand it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you think of it, it's like cloud really is just, you know, it's an application running on somebody else's server. So it's, yep. it's really not that scary when you break it down. Yeah. So if you think about how the world of security has changed across your career, how has the cloud's prevalence as it went from being, you know, this toy to now, as you said, you're cloud native, how has that changed the world of security for you? 
Yeah, it's interesting. I think for security practitioners, we've always had to be really good at being resilient and adaptable. So in our world, things always change. Technology is changing, risk landscape changing, threat actors change. And as the cloud has become more prevalent, we had to flex our resilient and adaptable muscles and learn something new. And I would argue that the fundamental controls that we need to have in place for cloud, they really haven't changed. What's changed is the how. It's the how we meet those controls. And really, that's it. So if you think of the example of, say, like a traditional data center, we might use some sort of on-prem tool to scan for configuration drift and make modifications. And in the cloud environment, we, such as AWS or Azure, we might use tools like Trusted Advisor or Cloud Custodian to do that exact same job. So again, it, the controls really haven't changed from a security perspective. What has changed is we have to figure out different ways to meet them. Yep. So what's the bottleneck though? Like cloud security isn't perfect. So what's the biggest barrier to improving outcomes? Yeah, I love this question. I, you know, the thing that jumps into my mind is real time asset management. So, mm-hmm. one of the most important advantages of cloud is that, you know, resources can be spun up in a moment's notice. It can be taken down in a moment's notice. Teams can experiment, they can adjust, and all of that is really wonderful benefits of cloud. For the security team and the IT team, it makes keeping track of things very, very challenging. And so, you know, you think of, you know, we're resorting to putting controls right now into pipelines so that our security controls are applied as resources are spun up into a cloud environment. So we can try to apply some of those controls as things go to production. But to truly understand our architecture and what resources that we have out there is really challenging for us. And I don't know that we fully solved this. Okay. So what's the biggest surprise for you? Or maybe it's an opportunity for growth. It's not yet surprising from the cloud era. Yeah. One one thing that has really surprised me is... When you think of the cloud movement, there are so many features and functionality within a cloud architecture. We know this as security practitioners, but like bad actors also know this and they know this very well. And so I think my biggest surprise is to see bad actors and bad APT groups and whatnot use cloud services just like we do every day. We love the autonomy of compute power that we can scale yep. up and scale down while our our bad adversaries, they actually love that as well. And just like we pay our AWS bill every month, they pay their AWS bill every month. And so I personally think we have opportunity to do a better job identifying when bad actors and adversaries are actually taking advantage of cloud. Yeah, I think they've definitely been always been earlier adopters mm-hmm, than absolutely. industry has been. So that I guess shouldn't be surprising, but at the same time, it is somewhat surprising that they're running like a legitimate business. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So as you look to the future, what security practice from the cloud gives you the most hope for the future that we're going to end up in a better world from a security perspective? Yeah, I think automation. So as I look at our cloud architecture, there's a lot more powerful automation that I can apply in 
my cloud architecture than I could within a traditional environment where there's a lot of silos. Mm. And so this type of automation across cloud, it's really huge in saving my team time. It's also huge in making sure that controls are consistently applied throughout the environment. And I'm not, you know, going to this environment to, to apply this one control and trying to use a different technology to apply a control over here. So I do think the automation certainly helps with like scale and just consistency mm-hmm. across. Let's look a little bit about your career. You started at Deloitte and then you moved to Target. And if you asked me to identify two companies that were as far apart from an industry perspective, like I don't know offhand that I can name two that feel further apart. So that feels like a big jarring transition. What was that actually like for you? Great question. So when I was at Deloitte, I was doing security consulting work. And I think, you know, when when you think of the work that you do as a consultant, you get to spend a lot of time at a lot of different companies. So I had work that I was doing in a manufacturing company. I was doing work for financial institutions. I was doing work for healthcare institutions. And then I got to do some work for Target Corporation. And Deloitte provided a really a opportunity for me to figure out where am I yep. going to be a good fit and mm-hmm. what type of organization kind of fits my skill set and fits what I want to do and fits the culture that I'm looking for. And Target really was that. And so very different to go from security consulting to internal security, but was a great fit for me and I loved, loved my time at Target. That's awesome. And then, you you know, from Target, now you're at Code42. And, you know, along the way, you added the CIO title. So what's that transition like, you know, from a retailer into software services and then actually adding CIO responsibility? Yeah, great question. So my time at Target, I got to spend really time in every part of the security organization at Target. And I was having so much fun and absolutely loved it. And I remember thinking to myself, if I left Target, I'm going to do something radically different. And, you know, the the switch from Deloitte to Target and then Target to Cofrey 2 is kind of that radically different. And, mm-hmm. you know, coming to Cofrey 2, smaller organization, software development organization, and not public. So, you know, very different than the Target Corporation. But for me, I feel like those types of moves, you learn the most. And so it, it was a really fantastic transition and allowed me to really jump into that software development space. The CIO role came about, about I want to say, three years ago. I'd always been doing security. LinkedIn agrees with three years, by the way. Okay, good, good. I, I, I was like, when did that happen? You know, it, I've always done security and that's that's kind of been my career journey. And I'm part of the executive team at Code Free 2 and we let our CIO go. And I remember my CEO, my boss said, Hey JD, I think you should be the CIO. And I was like, oh dear, I don't, I don't know. You know, deer in headlights, very scared. Like, I don't know for sure if this is something I can do. And, you know, he really believed in me and I, I thankful for that because I absolutely love the CIO space. You know, I, I mentioned before at Cofree too, we're a company where we choose like the leading SaaS solution and that has made the CIO world a lot more of a strategic role than I maintain infrastructure and work on help desk problems every day. Yep. And so it, it's been a ton of fun taking on that role. My first year, you know, is so much learning, but now, you know, I 
I love thinking through strategically what is the software out there that's going to change, you know, change our marketing operations. What is the software out there that is going to improve our sales cycles and digging into that and just learning from peers of how do I mm -hmm. truly enable the organization? Yeah, no, I love that. And that deer in headlights moment, I think that's a, a great opportunity think, for all of us to think about how do we do that for the people who work for us to give them those opportunities that they themselves wouldn't yet see. Yeah, absolutely. It's so fun to, you know, lead a team and identify who's a high performer and what things can we bring to them. And, you know, typically you see this a lot with with women where they don't raise their hand and they do need the person that is going to say, hey, you can do this. And why don't you take this on and see what happens? Yeah. My favorite advice I give to people who are managing anyone, especially for people who aren't necessarily going to evangelize for themselves, which I think you're right, does tend to correlate a little more with gender, is you should have those opportunities that people are need written down. Like here's every person in your team, here's what opportunities they might need. So when an opportunity shows up, you don't just go to your usual suspect like, oh, this is my best performer. Of course, they'll succeed at this. But maybe there's somebody who needs that development opportunity who would also succeed that didn't come to mind immediately. Yeah, I love that. That's great advice. Yeah. So along the way, you also started dabbling a little in the startup world. So you're now a cyber an advisor at YL Ventures. Yeah. So how has that been for you? Oh my gosh, this is so much fun. You know, my CEO was like, gosh, you should take a board role. And, you know, I, I was like, ah, yeah, maybe. But if I have extra time that I can give back, I really want to do it within the startup world and within, you know, different companies that are trying to solve really important security issues. And so that has been a blast. I love hearing just like some of the innovative thought that goes into solving these problems. I'm not yep. necessarily an innovative thinker myself. And so it's so fun to hear from some of these founders that really have decided to challenge the way we used to do things and solve things in a different way. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. In full disclosure, I also do work with Wild Ventures. So we occasionally see each other there. So if you look back on your career, there's probably like some impactful moment where you got a piece of advice that you really appreciate it. What's that moment for you? What's that advice? Yeah, I I remember this vividly. I had a mentor that I kind of questioned, like, where am I going? What am I doing? And I remember they said, don't let anyone tell you this space isn't for you, the security space in, in particular. And as a woman professional who likes fashion and style. I didn't exactly fit into the security industry back when I started. I remember, you know, I would get weird looks when I would say I was a security analyst. I would get weirder looks when I said I was a pen tester. And this has changed over the years, but, you know, I've been doing this a long time. So back when I was doing this, people were surprised. And I remember I had some really great mentors that early on saw potential in me and encouraged mm -hmm. me to keep doing kind of what I love to do, even though I didn't really fit in the world that was the world that was telling me, hey, this this really isn't a space for you. You don't look like anybody that's also doing this. And so I'm really glad I listened to those mentors. I personally love doing security work. And I think, you know, following your passion, even no matter what it is, it will pay out in the end if you're following your passion. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think to anybody listening, like if you're questioning whether you belong in this career field, only you get to answer that question. 
100 like, don't let anybody else answer it for you you decide because you might not you might be like oh god i want out of here so if i tell you you belong here like don't listen to me listen to yourself but just because you don't look like everyone else or even behave or act like anyone else or have a different background um, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah we've seen i mean on my team we've seen really great success stories of people who have generated from a sales organization and yep. have started out as security analysts on the team and kind of learn learn the ropes through the years. So really, really anyone can jump in. Well, let's talk about teams. What would you tell a security leader today on how they should approach building and developing their cybersecurity team into being a world-class organization? Yeah, I think it's really all about the people. So my advice would be find really great people that you trust that deliver quality work and continue to challenge them and give them really interesting opportunities. It's funny. I, I mean, lots of security practitioners aren't really motivated by tons of money. They're motivated by really interesting opportunities. I also think it's really important that you don't make them adversaries in the organization so allow these people on your team to drive security by truly enabling the business instead of being the department of no and having people go around the security team. Let them really enable them to be the heroes of the organization and a team that everyone enjoys working with. And these are the teams that really security people want to work on and they don't leave once you built that. I love that. So let's talk a little bit, just personal question. You know, what do you do to unwind? Oh, what do I do to unwind? I love being outside. I love being by the water. I like to exercise. I love my Peloton. I just started running. So I, I'm taking a break from the Peloton and running, which I, you know, I go through these phases and typically <laughs> I hate running, but now I'm running. I also, I have three girls and I love spending time with them just, you know, a lot of times we'll spend a day shopping. My husband doesn't love that hobby and that <laughs> part of the unwinding, but yeah, I love to just unwind with them and shop all day. Oh, that's awesome. If you need somebody to, I don't even know if we follow each other on the Peloton, but I, I, I don't know if we do. Yeah. Okay. I won't out your username, but I'm chief sweat officer. Chief sweat spelled, officer. I love just it. Spelled O-F-C-R at the end. Cause they done, didn't give me enough letters to, to fill that out. That's awesome. I'm ride for ice cream. That, okay. No, really I, don't, I don't think I follow you. So I'll, I'll go fix that momentarily. <laughs> Love it. So any pearls of wisdom to leave our listeners with besides leave the person home who doesn't like the long shopping trips? Yeah, right. I guess personal wisdom tied to cloud security, kind of what we've been talking yep. about. I guess I would say embrace it. Flex that resiliency and adaptability muscle. At Cofree 2, when, when we started our cloud journey, we were the ones in security that really embraced it and championed it. And we brought in trainers from AWS. I went in, out and got my cloud practitioner certification from AWS. We hosted sessions. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, companies are going to take this on one way or another. So yep. we might as well be the ones leading the charge. There's mass benefits in taking on a cloud security or a cloud adoption strategy. And so I think the the thing I would say is just embrace it and be the leader in this movement. I love that. So on that note, I want to say thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And for our listeners, you can catch us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. I'm Andy Ellis for Cloud Security Reinvented. Thank you for listening to Cloud Security Reinvented. 
Brought to you by Orca Security. With Orca, your vision is clear, your business is secure, and your cloud, well, it's yours. Orca Security, the cloud is yours. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, please consider leaving us a review to help spread the word.